You're listening to Once, episode 243, Ruby Slippers, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show Once Upon a Time. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Aaron. Where are Daniel and Jenny? Or Daniel? Where's Daniel? I don't know. They left. <laughs> uh, so Daniel's not on the podcast with us tonight. He put uh, on these silver shoes and I was like, Daniel, I think those are women's shoes. And he's like, nah, look. And then, then he disappeared. Yeah, he clicked his heels three times and thought of Vegas. So... <laughs> Uh, he is in Vegas for some conferences, and he's uh, he's given the reins to us. First episode of Once Podcast ever to not include Daniel J. Lewis. I feel very trusted. I feel very trusted. I feel very vulnerable. <laughs> I'm a little scared. Uh, so while we're talking, <laughs> while we're on that subject, when is the full discussion going to be for this episode? The full discussion is going to be on a little bit different schedule because tonight we're just doing our initial reactions as we always do. We're going to have our thoughts scattered all over the place as we always do. And this week, for those tuning in live, our, our full discussion will be on Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. So Ruby Slippers, that was a clever title, I thought, because it's about Ruby and it's about slippers. Which were not Ruby. Which were not Ruby because of copyright, I'm sure. Or just and, going back to the original Oz yes. tale. Possibly both. Let's go with both. Killing two winged monkeys with one stone. <laughs> or a wolf. <laughs> I guess she didn't really kill them, but... No, she didn't. In fact... It was kind of hard to see what she did. I feel like she just ran away really fast with Dorothy on her back. Right. It was nice to see Red again, like have a whole episode that actually included her as a character and not just kind of standing around looking like Little Red Riding Hood. Right. Or also she's not dead. Also she's not dead. Is it just me or is it a lot easier, like as every season passes, seems to be getting easier and easier to go from world to world? Oh, man. There were so many options tonight. There was like a whole dark curse just to get them to Storybrooke so that Rumpelstiltskin could find Neil. And now it's just like, well, I know I, he was looking for the ruby slippers, but... I was even going back through old Wonderland podcasts and the white rabbit was this whole thing and we never even knew about it. And like even in one of the <laughs> most recent episodes of once we Cora apparently did go in and out of Wonderland more right. than once. So it just seems that's a major continuity error. In the beginning, it was sort of more like there's only one way that might work, but it's so terrible. And now it's sort of more like navigating transit lines. It's like, well, if you hold on to Ruby while she uses the slippers and she goes back to Oz, then you can just go to the Enchanted Forest. I forget how she actually did that. We didn't even have to see that. She just It's just a given that she got to Oz and therefore she was able to get, Snow, I mean, was able to get to the Enchanted Forest. 
Well, I think the whole idea was that once Ruby used the slippers and safely like saved Dorothy and Snow, or it was going to be David at that time, helped her, then they could use the slippers to get back to Storybrooke. Whether Ruby and Dorothy went with Snow is, I guess we'll find out, still open for debate. Even with all of these ways of traveling between worlds, I still think of them as one use only types of methods. These slippers are potentially one of the most valuable magical items in all the realms. And I mean all the realms this time. Because they can actually get to all the realms. Yeah. Like most of the, like the magic mirror, as far as we know, is only a portal between Enchanted Forest and Wonderland or fictional London and Wonderland or whatever. (laughs) It doesn't seem to go beyond those... Like, it's about Wonderland. It's not about any of the other realms that we've kind of dealt with. Right. Or <laughs> that we've dealt with. We. As if we've dealt with them. That this show has dealt with. So, how... The, I liked that they explained succinctly and in a way that made sense how Ruby ended up in the underworld. However, did she just say generically a tracking spell? Or did... how? How did it end up being a twister? I'm, I think I'm still a little confused on that. Yeah. Because she did not have the slippers, right? She did. Okay. Or did she? No. No, you're right. How did she get there? Now I, now I think I'm confused again. Well, so she did a tracking spell and somehow the tracking spell brought her <laughs> to the underworld. Uh, clearly, we're going to have to do a rewatch and then <laughs> figure some of these things out in more detail on our full discussion. Yes, which is on Friday, April 22nd at 8 p.m. for anybody who forgot the announcement. And for those downloading, that means since we can't time travel post the episode, it won't be available until Saturday this week rather than Thursday. I thought it was interesting that they referred to the sleeping curse as an unbreakable curse. Like it makes sense because they thought when they were saying it was an unbreakable curse that... Dorothy didn't have anybody, but, you know, the whole theme of the show has been hope and true love's kiss can break any curse. And Zelina, I guess, thought that she found a loophole for that. Right. She thought there was no one to give her true love's kiss. I'll be honest, for a little while there, I thought it was going to be Toto. So did I. (laughs) (laughs) They were making a big deal about Toto and how important he was. Well, and this show has been very unconventional in where true love can come from in the sense of that it doesn't always have to be romantic. It can be between a mother and a child. And I even thought that the true love of the people collectively could be enough to break that curse. Like they could have they could have gone in in many different directions with with that. Right. They were kind of on thin ice with the whole blow a kiss into the bottle thing. <laughs> Although true love, we, we've seen true love bottled before. <laughs> yes, but that involved hairs. <laughs> it wasn't just air. <laughs> the, and Manic in the chat room thought that they were actually going to go with true love's whiff. <laughs> I think I mentioned this in another podcast when we were talking about the bottled true love, but the sci-fi version of Alice in Wonderland just called Alice it was uh it's been a while since I've seen it but they were bottling human emotions for the 
the people of awe or of Wonderland, sorry, to to use to almost like drugs. So they bottled jealousy and anger and all of the human emotions. And that's what they did. And every time we kind of in this show see them trying to bottle <laughs> or make a physical substance out of something that's actually an emotion, it makes me think of that that sci-fi show. Which show was that? It's just a miniseries, an oh. Alice in Wonderland sci-fi miniseries. Oh, gotcha. But you know who bottles true love for us? <laughs> Our heroes. They do bottle true love for us. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, supporters. This podcast would not be possible without our heroes. Lisa Slack, David Newland, and 31 Heroes on Patreon. There are a lot of different ways you can help keep this podcast running. Daniel always tells you all about them, but I'm going to let the website do it. Just head over to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And as always, thank you for your support. Do you know what I don't think our sponsors would approve of? What? Snow and Charming splitting up again. Right? Who approves of that? They've split up sometimes like within worlds and that's okay. But I don't like when they're in different realms. (laughs) You draw the line at realms. And they didn't say I will always find you. Yeah. I do you think that's missed opportunity or dodged cliche? Well, I would say dodged cliche if Emma hadn't have said it earlier in this season, like in such a cliche way that made me want to be like, yeah, well, again, we're sealing up that part of the season. (laughs) I guess she found him. She did. True. And speaking of Emma, your (laughs) other kid needs you. I guess the poor girl's got issues still with her family. It's her brother. I felt like she was being pretty genuine there. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm being mean, but it's her brother. Since when has it been days since he heard their voice, too? Like, isn't this all the same day? <laughs> oh, no. They just don't show night in the underworld because they can't make it red. Right. <laughs> it's very, uh, the underworld seems like a very interesting place, and we're learning a lot of new things about it very suddenly, like that Hades can just poof people into water and put them in the river without even asking. Well, I think he actually poisoned the soup with water from the river in the first place, didn't he? It, probably. But, but I mean, he could just do that to everybody then if that's what he really wants. Yeah. That river really gets around. First it was in his chamber and then it's also in the bay and now it's also in the soup. It's probably like a derivative of Lake Nostos that runs beneath all the lands. Only it's worse because it's beneath the beneath of all the lands. It's like the underworld's beneath like Nostos, and then this is beneath it. Yeah. And it's like, this is the same reason you don't want to let contaminants get into your water supply. In this case, lost souls have gotten into the water supply throughout Underbrook. And you just don't know what kind of effect that's going to have on the population. I I don't know. I'm just going back to the whole, if he really wanted just all the souls in the river, he would just set up a giant underworld sprinkler system. And (laughs) Right. Why does it? Yeah. If touching the water does that to you, he would have everything. So he must have some reason for the underworld running as it is, because it would be so easy. Yeah, you're right. Because if that's acceptable to him, he wouldn't have to worry about people moving on. 
or they just needed to move along the storyline and have Auntie M not be an option and think of some super quick way to fix that. Yeah, the graveyard could have also told them a lot like, oh, her gravestone's knocked over, but it wouldn't have been as compelling. Yeah, the graveyard was interesting. Uh, It makes sense that they can trade names and a lot of people uh, in the chat while we were watching live. So if for those who don't know, you can chat with us live while we're watching the show. If you go to oncepodcast.com slash live. And um, a lot of people were saying, oh, it makes sense. He enchanted Hook's hook. So, of course, Hook can do that. But it didn't really solve their problem. It just transferred it to David. Right. It just, it, <laughs> yes, it let them move the one who was expecting in real life off the show for a little while. Oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> of course, that's why she went back to Storybrooke. People were talking about that a little bit in the chat. They send snow to Storybrooke and they put Belle under a sleeping curse. Huh. <laughs> and that kind of takes care of maternity leave. Although we've thought that before, we've thought when Belle was sent out of Storybrooke, we thought, well, that's how they're going to take care of that. And then she was right back. So that may not be what they're doing. Yeah, it would be hard for them to permanently, or not like not even permanent, I'm not saying permanently, but for any prolonged period of time to not have snow. Like, has there ever even been an episode without snow in it? That is a great question. I don't think there has. And she had a baby like last year already, or the year before, maybe. Right. And she's a very main character. Like, there's been other shows on ABC that have actually ended early because there was no way to make the show go on without the lead actress and the lead actress had a baby. But I think that they managed to do it just fine when uh, Jennifer Goodwin had her last baby. So I'm assuming they're problem solving that and maybe just to see her less when she's in Storybrooke so that she can have more time. But um, I I don't know that she's going to be gone. I, I, I don't know. It would be strange to have an episode of the show without Snow White in it. Right. And it would be kind of interesting, too, if they if there was more story to tell and they got out of the underworld before the season finale. However, it seems like they still have a lot of they all kind of have unfinished business there now. I almost feel like a lot of these people we've seen go into the River of Lost Souls are going to somehow be freed. Yeah, I don't, as long as they're freed, but still dead, then that's okay. Sure, yes. (laughs) But I don't really want to see like this mass, like we've learned, we've learned like people, you got to learn these things in previous seasons. You do not mess with life and death and who, who lives and who dies. Like I'm just thinking of when they brought back Marion. Right. She was supposed to die and because she didn't die, it was this huge, big thing. So no, I agree. But it feels like they're tossing people in there so readily that there has to be, (laughs) plot-wise, there almost has to be some resolution. There may be not people that matter for the story going forward, but it feels kind of awful, the people who have ended up there. Yeah, it's like there's no, for a show about hope, there's kind of no restitution to that if they continue this way. Speaking of which, I'm just going to warn people, when we do the full discussion, I may have a mini rant about Belle talking about darkening her soul by accidentally knocking Gaston into the water. Just because, or maybe I don't need to, maybe everybody knows how I feel about accidents 
not darkening one's soul. <laughs> yes, and that, or heart, or what, how did she say it? Did she say soul or heart? I, I didn't. I I tune I tune Bell out on the best of days. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I mean, and it probably sounds very similar to my rant about Emma, air quote, killing Cruella Deville. Like I know she killed her, but um, yes. there was like huge extenuating circumstances, and it's not the same thing as Snow saying Cora's name into a candle and blowing it out, which directly resulted in Cora's death. Right. And she did that out of spite, not out of imminent harm to -hmm. herself or other people. Right. So so your rant is probably going to sound kind of like mine when that episode (laughs) happens back then. Uh. I'm curious about whether Hades knows about the graveyard tradesies that were happening and... um, (laughs) And how he feels about that, because he seemed to be pretty oblivious to the plan of the uh, saviors that nobody wants them saved by. (laughs) Right. He should be. I don't see how he should object because he wanted Hook to pick in the first place. True. I still don't understand how, you know, a gravestone with a name carved in it can really be. I will say. Forcing them to stay. That at least I should make sure I do anti-complaining. They set up the mechanism by which they traded names it well in advance. So when it came about, it made sense. It wasn't just someone comes up with an idea, Regina confirms that will work, and they off they go. Right. That's the kind of thing I like to see. Mm-hmm. Can't he just put Hades' name on all three graves and <laughs> call it a day? Is that not how this works? I, somehow I don't think so. But what I was thinking is, what would have happened if... Snow and Charming had both tried to go anyway. What if it's just a ruse? What if <laughs> the gravestones don't really keep you there? Yeah, that's an interesting... I wonder about that. Because I've always said that the reason Emma's heart couldn't be taken is because Emma's heart can't be taken, not because her name was on the gravestone. So right. I am wondering if it is all just a, a fake little plot. Right. A lot of the sleeping curses in this show are self-induced. Like almost all of them. Like Snow White, Charming, Henry, now Belle. Have there been any more? I mean, Snow was kind of coerced. Coerced, but But she wasn't tricked. She wasn't tricked. Um, Great, a great point. I think Aurora would have been uh, the the only. Well, Aurora and um, Dorothy are the only ones who are actually had that put upon them, rather than. They chose to do it. True. Now, were you expecting Ruby to be the one to wake Dorothy up? Uh, I think they set it up really well within this episode. I by the by the uh, kind of middle of it, I was not surprised that that's what they were doing. Right. But um, no, I mean, when when the episode started, I had no idea that that was going to be what happened. I'm just going to go ahead and state the sort of elephant in the room. This is kind of a big moment in Once Upon a Time, all this stuff with Ruby and Dorothy. And it's going to be controversial. I don't know that that discussion needs to happen in the podcast as far as controversy, because people have their own thoughts and beliefs and feelings about various things. But what I want to say to the community and ask the community if that because that discussion may happen in the forums and in various places and it would just be good for everyone to realize that no matter what you believe or how much you disagree with someone 
there's no room for hate. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, I agree with that. So we've sure. got just people on both sides of the discussion. Everybody, no matter how much you disagree with them, is just as important and special as you are. So let's all make sure we treat each other with respect and love and dignity, whether we're discussing in chats, in forums, or face-to-face. I agree. That was very well said. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Uh, All of that aside, honestly, that felt really fast for love. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's a fairy tale thing. They do that. But (laughs) I feel like they've also made fun of it so much that this felt really fast. Like they'd had two conversations or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I think we don't necessarily know how long that storyline happened for. Like, we don't really know how long they were together in between spots because everybody's always dressed the same. And I mean, I think it was very quick, but was it any more quick than Snow and Charming? I don't know. They had time to mull things over after, you know, beating up on each other. So, (laughs) Right. (laughs) But maybe not. No. (laughs) Uh, And clever plot mechanism in this episode that is actually kind of working. Henry gives them some closure on things. They kind of, it's almost like email, except not direct communication. And he wrote while conscious, like we've seen the author write before. But he's not doing it consciously. He's conscious, but he's not doing it consciously. He's just the vehicle of which the quill is, you know, right. showing them that story. But when they showed him right this time, it felt much more familiar like the little bits of the author that we'd seen before, not this, I don't know, I just woke up and here it was. Yeah, that's true. So he's probably getting a better handle on it. And uh, he's using it the way that it's meant to be used, which is important, as we discovered last season. Yeah, there were some good lines in this that uh, we'll have to pull out in our rewatch. But one of them was to Cruella. (laughs) This just because I won't write you back to life. Yeah, Henry didn't have a lot happen in this episode, uh, but his points can be very poignant at some points. Like when he says grandma and grandpa, that's always very like, oh, yeah, they are grandma and grandpa. Right. He didn't he didn't say a lot, but when he speaks, he seems to be speaking kind of profound or not profound, but he gets his point across with very little speech. I don't know. Maybe school's been busy for Jared Gilmore or something. Right. (laughs) He's that angsty teenager now. Henry is. Yes, he goes and rebelliously sits in lofts by himself in the underworld. With all the white blankets on all the furniture. (laughs) So we, not being me because I do not do full discussion anymore, but (laughs) they would love to hear your thoughts on this episode of Once Upon a Time. So you can send us a voice message or email your thoughts to us. So you can find all of that information at oncepodcast.com slash feedback. Send us some tweets. You can follow us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And I'm Aaron. I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. And I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. There's a whole team of people that help to make the podcast possible. Daniel is going to be super happy to tell you about all of them on Friday when we do the full discussion for this episode. (laughs) But until then, remember, if Storybrooke's in trouble, there's no better leader than Snow White. And thanks for listening.
Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. And please go to noodle.mx slash podcast awards to nom- find out how you can nominate us for a podcast award. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode. If you would like to be a hero and get exclusive access to bonus content like our bloopers, visit oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.